The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Chad Young. Hello and welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. We're going to dive right into Friday's news. I mentioned it briefly, but the Marlins are planning to call up Max Meyer to start today. Meyer's been very good in AAA, 28.4% K rate, 8.3% walk rate. One of the top pitching prospects in the game. Always need to be cautious with a pitching prospect making his debut. We've seen some good and bad this year, but Meyer is definitely one to be excited about long term. The Phillies are expected to activate Ranger Suarez to start today as well. Suarez has been a disappointment so far this year. His walks are up, his Ks are down from the great stretch he had last year. He was a bit better over his last six starts or so before he got hurt. I do think he can reset and establish himself as a low fours, maybe high threes ERA type. Just don't expect him to be an ace. The Red Sox got Garrett Whitlock and Nathan Uvalde back on Friday. Uvalde started and lasted four and a third, giving up three runs and six hits. He walked two and struck out four. Looked a little rusty. But some added rest over the break, he should be able to jump back in. Whitlock, as expected, headed back to the bullpen. He got the 7th and the 8th with the Sox up 1. He faced 6 hitters, struck out 3, and that was that. Great first appearance back for him. He should be excellent out of the bullpen, although I'm not sure he's going to get a shot at saves, at least not anytime soon. The Royals continue to try to find ways to work around 10 unvaccinated players. Angel Zerpa, who started Thursday, was sent down Friday. Josh Stalmont was activated off the IL, and Carlos Hernandez was recalled from AAA. Hernandez came in after Zach Grinke. They each went four innings. They each gave up four runs. They each allowed eight hits, and then they combined for just five strikeouts and one walk. Jays are tough, but not really great for either of those two. John Birdie, as we worried, was placed in the 10-day IL with a groin strain. Hopefully with the All-Star break in there, he'll miss limited time. Jorge Soler activated from the IL and entered back into the lineup, hitting fourth and playing left field. He went 0 for 3, although he did walk. The Pirates optioned Jack Sawinski to the minors and called up Cal Mitchell because they can't possibly imagine allowing all of their young players to play at once. Sawinski's shown some flashes but really struggled the last couple weeks, and so some time in AAA isn't totally unexpected. Mitchell started in right field, hit seventh. He was one for three and scored a run. Great news for the Padres and even more so for Jurix and Profar. He was activated Friday after that brutal collision in the field last week. He was back in left field and in the leadoff spot where he did what you want your leadoff hitters to do. He got on base. He was 0 for 2, but he did walk twice. Just really good to see that he's back so quickly. 
The Mariners keep winning, but they lost Carlos Santana. He was placed on the restricted list due to a family situation, and per an Instagram post, it looks like his family home caught fire. It did not look good, although it sounds like everyone is okay. Hopefully, everyone in the Santana family is doing fine, if probably a little shaken up. Wouldn't be surprised if Santana's out the next couple days, but keep an eye on lineups. Yesterday, I bemoaned that Lars Newtbar was being sent down. Well, Friday, the Cards placed Juan Yepes on the IL, and that enabled them to recall Newtbar. Yepes has a forearm strain, and if he's back quickly, Newtbar might not last long. As expected, the Rays activated Luis Patino off the 60-day IL and gave him the start Friday against the O's. Patino went deeper than expected, throwing 56 pitches over three and a third innings. He gave up two runs on four hits. He walked one and did not have a strikeout. His velocity and spin rates were way down, but given that the team only expected him to go a couple innings and he lasted as long as he did, I have to imagine they're still pretty happy with that as a first start back as he works his way back up to full strength. Luis Robert left the White Sox game in the first on Friday. He was feeling lightheaded. We haven't received a new report. Robert was replaced by Adam Engel, who ended up hitting a three-run home run to help the Sox win. And finally, Fernando Tatis Jr. began his swing progression on Friday, basically swinging a bat at a ball with intent for the first time in months. This is a first step, and it's a big one, on his way to a return, but it does not mean that he's close. The team said they will take it week to week, but he needs to get his timing back, build up his strength, not feel pain or have any setbacks, go on a rehab assignment. This is basically like the beginning of spring training for him rather than being close to a return mid-august seems plausible but it might even be later than that and with the wrist injury you have to be worried about strength and bat speed and what that does to his production on his return as well on the field big day for adam duvall who went three for five with a home run two runs and an rbi he hasn't had the best year but he's been hitting the ball a lot better lately he can go on a power tear and really help you out so if you need power he's a good bat to pick up Matt Chapman, three for four with a home run, a run, three RBIs for the Jays. He also has not had quite the resurgent year some fans were hoping for once he got out of Oakland, but he is flashing some power and he's been hitting better lately as well. Third base, not a real deep position either. Riley Green still working on becoming the star we know he can be, but the Tigers have already slotted him into the leadoff spot and he delivered on Friday going two for five with a second home run, a run and three RBI. It's just a matter of time for him. Ramon Urias has been hot lately and kept that up, going two for four with a pair of home run for the Orioles. He scored two and drove in three. Trey Mancini also homered for the Orioles, and he was three for five. I've missed this one, and I don't want you to miss it too, but Leody Tavares hit his third home run and stole his fifth base in just 82 plate appearances Friday. He now has a 160 WRC+. He's always hitting the minors, and if this is a breakout, there's still big potential here. In deeper leagues, I would definitely take a shot, especially keepers. In shallower leagues, I'm probably still just watching, but he's going to start coming off waiver wires quickly if he keeps this up. Rockies got a core special as they scored 13. They got home runs from C.J. Crone and Brendan Rodgers and had seven players with two-plus hits. Will Smith and Justin Turner provided the Dodgers offense. They combined to go seven for nine with a walk. They scored four runs between them, drove in five. Turner did most of the driving in of runs. Smith did most of the scoring of runs. Smith has been excellent all year. Turner really starting to turn it on. Again, third base, not a real deep position. So if Turner's available either via trade or on the wire, he's worth going and getting. Other home runs around baseball. Austin Riley hit his 26, Orlando Arcia his 4th. Giancarlo Stanton hit number 24. Rafael Devers hit his 21st. Christian Vasquez is up to 6 now and has been performing pretty well lately. Catcher's still a black hole and he isn't, so maybe worth a look. 
Bobby Dahlbeck hit his seventh, Teoscar Hernandez his twelfth, Christian Betancourt his fifth and his first for the Rays. Corey Seager hit his twenty-second. Julio Rodriguez hit a grand slam for number sixteen. Skybolt hit his second in as many days as he tries to get going after a slow start. Tim Anderson hit his sixth. Nolan Gorman walked and struck out twice and hit his ninth. It's the kind of game you're going to see from Gorman quite a bit. Brandon Marsh at number seven. Cattell Marte had a three-hit night, including his eighth home run. Christian Walker hit his 22nd. And the Giants got late home runs. We'll talk about these in a little bit. From Mike Yastrzemski, Darren Ruff, and Joey Bart. Looking at Friday's stolen bases, Philadelphia and Miami didn't hit a single home run, but there were plenty of stolen bases. Billy Hamilton with another pinch run stolen base. That's his fourth. Avisal Garcia stole his fourth. Didi Gregorius got his first. And JT Real Muto got his 12th as part of a three-hit night. Ronald Acuna nabbed his 20th. Nicky Lopez was a popular late pick for speed, but got just his sixth stolen base of the year Friday. Garrett Hampson stole his fifth, and Austin Nola stole his second. On the mound, the obvious place to start is Sandy Alcantara doing Sandy Alcantara things. Eight innings, two runs and four hits, 12 strikeouts and two walks. But he took the losses. Kyle Gibson gave up just one run on four hits over six innings with five strikeouts and a walk and also got some help from his bullpen. Alcantara's big competition to see who starts the All-Star game is Clayton Kershaw. And Kershaw took a perfecto into the eighth. Then I turned the game on and he immediately gave up a hit. He finished with eight innings, six strikeouts, and just that one base runner. In my opinion, he is the right choice to start the All-Star game. No doubt Alcantara has been better this year, but Kershaw has been great. He deserves it, and getting him that start in front of the home fans seems good to me. Ian Anderson, another mixed bag, five and a third, just one run on five hits, but five strikeouts and three walks. He has got to keep those walks down, but this is some progress. Jordan Montgomery barely got a quality start going six and giving up three. He struck out four and walked one. Big issue for him, two home runs allowed. If he keeps giving up that many home runs, that won't be sustainable. Alec Manoa mowed down the Royals as expected. Seven innings, one run on four hits, struck out six and didn't issue a walk. I feel like he hasn't gotten as much attention as some others, but he's quietly put together an excellent sophomore season. I suggested Zach Plesak as a streaming option yesterday, and for that, I apologize. He did not deliver. That's all there is to say about that. Robbie Ray gave up three runs over six and two-thirds, but also struck out 12 without issuing a walk. Great to see that control, but would love to see him avoid home runs. He gave up two on Friday. Jose Urquidy had a prime matchup and did pretty well. Three runs over six and a third, six hits, zero walks, and struck out nine. You'd like to see a lower ERA given the matchup, but not a ton to hate there. He did get the quality start, but no win because Cole Irvin held the Astros to one run on three hits over six, striking out four and walking just one. Still don't trust Irvin, but that was a good start against a tough team and makes me feel a lot better about him in easier matchups moving forward. Michael Kopech's velocity back up. He got a W, but hard to be encouraged. Five innings, two runs isn't bad, four hits isn't bad, but four walks and just two strikeouts. He had only three whiffs and a 17% CSW. I still have some real concerns. It was the full Hunter Green experience for the Reds. Five innings, six strikeouts, but three walks and a home run leading to four earned runs. His velocity was actually up. He averaged 99.8 on his fastball, but he's still getting hit very hard. Jose Quintana took the brunt of that big Rockies night I mentioned, but you didn't start him at course anyway, so not a lot to worry about there. Herman Marquez showed that even course can't help the Pirates, going six and two-thirds, allowing two runs on six hits, striking out four without issuing a walk in the bullpen. Sir Anthony Dominguez walked three and had just one strikeout in an inning, but managed to keep the Marlins off the board and got his fourth save. Kenley Jansen off Friday as he's still working back from the IL. Will Smith came out in the ninth, up 8-1, to one, but gave up three runs and turned it into a save situation. A.J. Minter finally closed that out to get his fifth. 
Tanner Houck blew a save, giving up an unearned run on his own error, but ended up pitching two innings and getting the win. He had zero strikeouts and two walks, not his best showing. Ryan Brazier came on after him for his first save. Emmanuel Classe pitched a lot lately, so Trevor Steffen got the ninth for Cleveland, went 1-2-3 with two strikeouts for his second save. Brooks Raley got his sixth save for the Rays. Ryan Helsley got his eighth for the Cards. Taylor Rogers, who'd been struggling lately, put down the D-backs 1-2-3 with a strikeout for his 25th save. And finally, we'll end with Josh Hader, who just seems, I don't know, broken. It's hard to know, but he had a three-run lead in San Francisco and gave up the Giants' first walk-off home run in two years. Even worse, he gave up two more home runs before that, getting just one out and allowing six to score. The velocity was fine, spin rate was way down, and yeah, I'm worried. Hopefully the break lets him get right. I'm not sure if it's a mental thing. I'm not sure if he's tipping his pitches. I'm not sure if there's something physically wrong. If a hater's on your roster, there's really nothing you can do now. Just wait and hope it gets better. But I would not acquire him unless the price is real low. He's just too risky right now, in my opinion. Before we move into today's action, let's take a quick look at the weather with our friend Mark Paquette. Thank you very much. Well, I'm not expecting a repeat of yesterday. Wow, that was a lot of rain near Chicago. They smartly postponed that game fairly early in the day. Well, considering it was an afternoon game, I guess the appropriate amount of time. Anyways, enough about yesterday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we're going to see some showers and thunderstorms around the nation's capital where the Braves are visiting the Nationals for an NL East matchup. Again, I don't think it's anything like yesterday, but it's something that you're going to have to monitor throughout the day, see if there's a possibility of delay. Probably not a postponement, but I couldn't rule out a delay for sure. Have a good one. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Mark. Looking for a streamer on Saturday. I know betting on Police Act didn't work yesterday, but I am doubling down on Cleveland pitchers facing Detroit coming from baseball families. Cal Quantrill, I would definitely roll with as a streamer today. Hopefully it works out better than my advice yesterday. In terms of hitters, I know the Twins have been scuffling, but I would trust them against Lance Lynn. He has not looked right at all. And then the Mets have a double header on Saturday, and neither Marcus Stroman nor Drew Smiley inspire much fear right now. I would definitely want all of my Mets in the lineup to take full advantage of that twin bill. With that, hope you have a good Saturday. I will talk to you again on Monday. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.